This is Real Estate Rookie episode 353. My name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with my co-host, Tony J. Robinson. And welcome to the Real Estate Rookie podcast, where every week, twice a week, we bring you the inspiration, motivation, and stories you need to hear to kickstart your investing journey. And today, you're going to get, I think, a very healthy dose of the inspiration, along with some tangible things. But our guest today, Matt McDermott, uh, as you'll hear, has a very interesting start to his story. And I'm telling you guys, if Matt can get to where he's at, given where he started, you literally have no excuse for launching your own real estate business today. He talks about his dilemma that him and his wife had. They're standing in their kitchen having one of their very few arguments where should they take their savings and invest it or should they keep their savings because COVID has happened, his wife is taking a pay cut. Listen to this story and some of you may find yourself in similar circumstances where this is applicable And Matt is going to go through his journey of what they decided on and how one of his properties is even bringing in $71,000 a year from being a short-term rental. Overall, Matt's story is just super inspiring. You'll hear how he overcame challenges getting his first loan, how he bootstrapped and DIY his first rehab. You'll hear stories about how he scaled and his most recent purchase was pretty much a big commercial deal. Uh, but you'll hear all the, the ins and outs as we get into Matt's story. But before we kick it over, I want to give a shout out to someone that left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And the title of the review is Real Answers to Real Questions. And the review goes on to say, I got so much knowledge from this podcast. Ashley and Tony are by far the very best BP to help educate rookies on what to do. You actually explain things in a way we can understand. You guys are truly just great. Your willingness to give answers others would charge for is a real golden ticket I've been searching for. Um, so we appreciate that that review. And for all of our rookies that are listening, uh, if you haven't yet, please take you know 60 seconds, leave that rating and review because the more reviews we get, the more folks we can help. And ultimately, the more folks that can start their own real estate investing journey. And if you aren't already, join the Real Estate Rookie Facebook group. The community continues to grow every single day, and we would love to have you a part of it. Matt, so every real estate investing journey starts somewhere, and yours is a bit of a unique story because it it starts inside of a jail cell. Uh, so, So just walk us through what was the backstory there, and how did that experience lead you to the entrepreneur and real estate investor you are today? After, during, and little after college, um... I definitely partied hard. I got in trouble. Uh, I ended up um, spending some time in and out of jails and institutions. Um, and, you know, that was kind of the the fork in the road for my life. Um, you know, I remember I called my dad one time uh, and he spoke about, you know, you have to aspire to be something, right? And are you going to aspire to be the baddest person in the room or the greatest person in the room? And um, I knew that I wasn't going to be the greatest. I also was around the baddest and I knew I wasn't going to be the baddest. Um, And, you know, but which one are you going to aspire to be, you know? And I remember that kind of hitting home, you know, the feeling of, of, hopelessness that was kind of the bottom of the barrel for me um and that feeling of hopelessness i can still remember today and it's definitely still one of the driving factors uh for me today and you you had a bit of a, a unique upbringing too matt because your your parents were real estate investors right so you yeah. you already got kind of like a taste 
growing up of what it was like to to be a real estate investor. So just 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 for like context of the story, Matt, like you you had this really solid launching pad as a as a young adult. What were the decisions that kind of led you to that point of of internet behind bars? Yeah, my parents got into it in the early '90s um, before it was a trending topic, and uh, I definitely. Uh, grew up in the short-term rental market and really the foundation. And like you said, Tony, the, the path was there. Uh, I just didn't choose to take it for a while. Um, honestly, I hated it growing up. Uh, I disappeared every weekend because I went and worked with, with my parents and it was a four hour drive from New York, uh, to Cape Cod. And I didn't like it because I didn't, hang out. I couldn't hang out with my friends. Uh, now I couldn't be more grateful for it. I think that it instilled like, you know, great lessons and even family values, everything. Uh, but I really, uh, I kind of did my own thing. And, and honestly, you know, I've been sober now for a long time and I think I was, it was in my cards, no matter what was going to happen or what kind of, opportunities I had or what my path looked like beforehand. Um, you know, I am an alcoholic and I still go to Alcoholics Anonymous today and it's a big part of my life. So I think it was going to happen no matter what the trouble, you know, that could have been, maybe the trouble <laughs> could have been avoided, but you know, well, a lot of people like to say that made you who you are today. So Absolutely. I don't regret it. We are going to get back to Matt's story and learn more about his real estate investing after a short break. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate where the average cash flow is over $900 per month. They also have options where you can put as low as 5% down on multiple investment properties with no PMI. Rent to Retirement is the nation's leading turnkey investment company that understands what it takes to be successful in today's dynamic real estate market. Their reputation speaks for itself with more five-star reviews than any other company on the Bigger Pockets website. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high-quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal Do Not Call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. 
Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. We know, and you all know, why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers proof of income verification. So RentReady's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP Like Bigger Pockets Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. Matt, I want to dive into just an overall view of what your portfolio looks like today to kind of set the table. So I took the trailblazed path and I am also majority of my investments uh, are on Cape Cod in Massachusetts. So I have uh, two single families in a town called South Yarmouth on Cape Cod and we just sold a house in East Falmouth, which is a town in Cape Cod. And then my wife and I just uh, three weeks ago closed on a five-dwelling uh, cottage community in Brewster, Massachusetts. Oh, that sounds cool. Yep. And are they all short-term rentals? They are. Yep. We have one uh, midterm rental in Naples, Florida. So let's kind of get back to the beginning then. You have this uh, conversation with your dad. You decide that you want to go to rehab. And then what is the actual step to getting your first deal? So there's a bit of time in between there. Uh, I wish I could say I was completely done after that conversation. I wasn't. Um, It was a process for me to really, you know, find out how to, you know, live life on life's terms. You know, it was like all new to me because I had been like screwing up for a little while, you know. Um, I met my wife early on in my like recovery journey and, uh, that was amazing. You know, that really changed things for me in a lot of ways. And she's, you know, always been a huge support and, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today without her. But to get fast forward to our first deal was a lot of ups and downs. COVID hit. Um, I had started, I knew that I wanted real estate, right? But I didn't know how to get there. I, I, I knew that it was possible because I had seen it with my parents. Um, but McCarran, who's my wife, was a tough sell uh, because she didn't grow up with any kind of investing or um, real estate investing. So it was like completely new to her. And, you know, I often hear about, I've, I've read about in the blogs and, and uh, in the different threads about like, how do I convince my spouse to get on board? You know, I must have seen, I've, I've seen that so many times, you know, and um, slow and steady, you know, that's, <laughs> uh, I always kind of planted the seeds, even, even though I knew we weren't really ready for it. Um, you know, there is a funny story that early on we were at my parents' house 
and they had the rich dead, poor dead board game. Hmm. Um, I don't know if cash you guys flow know about yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, cash flow something. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I think I have it now at my house, but my yeah. parents had it at the time, and they were like, "Oh, let's play this," you know. And McCarran was she was not investing in anything and just keeping the money and anytime even this was in the game anytime i was like oh let's buy this property she'd be like absolutely not we're gonna be broke you know (laughs) (laughs) and my parents still we all still like joke about that today because uh you know it's all about mindset and perspective right um wait just i just gotta add just a quick funny story so like i i have like you know like a super old ipad like the second ipad that still has like the really fat charger at the bottom yeah and the only reason i keep it is because there there used to be an ipad version of the cash flow game and like if you get a new ipad you can't download it so the only reason this thing is sitting in my house right now is because every once in a while i'll break it out so we can play play the cash flow game that's that's awesome yeah Yeah, i love that man Tell me you love real estate without telling me you love real estate. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, planting the seeds, we would talk about it. She definitely started like coming around to the concept. You know, I had started a painting business. One other story to talk about when I had first gotten out of the institution that I was in, McCarran was there for me and, uh, I had I got a first job with a painting company. Uh, I had to have my own transportation and my own equipment, right? Um, I had no money, and I scraped just enough together to get uh, a paint pole, which is like a, an ex- you know a pole extender that you can paint the walls with, and a roller, uh, rolling handle. All I was I was supposed to have all the equipment, but that's all I had. McCarran dropped me off for the job and, you know, I knew I just needed a few minutes there, even though I was ill-prepared that if I could just get on the job and start working that they would see that I knew, you know, how to paint. I knew what I was doing. Um, and I did keep that job. Uh, the silver lining about that terrible job was that my boss was terrible and it led me to believe I could do this on my own, you know? Um, so, you know, now today, uh, my partner and I, Brian, he's, uh, he's an awesome guy. He's also, uh, involved in short-term rentals, uh, that we got involved in later in our careers. Uh, but now we, you know, have a multi-million dollar paint company and, um, it's been like a, a lot of hard work, but you know, it came from humble beginnings, you know? And Matt, I just, I just want to pause you real quick before you go into the real estate side of things, man, because you, you just glossed over a pretty incredible achievement. Okay. Uh, m- most people, regardless of where they started, will never build a multi million dollar business. And you, uh, you know, coming out of a situation that a lot of people never recover from, right? The rate of people who leave jail only to go back at some later date is incredibly high, right? Yeah. So yeah. the fact that you were able to come out, um, you know, scrape together, you know, the, the few dollars that you have to buy a paintbrush and use that as a, a launching point to build a multi-million dollar business. Like you got to smile about that, man. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a big deal. And yeah. it makes me think of, uh, we interviewed our friend Nick Cooley on the episode and uh, I can't remember which episode it was. If you guys just search for Nick Cooley and, uh, he shared a story where he was like a, a salesman on the road. I can't remember what he was doing, but, um, he, he was so broke at the time that all he could afford on the road was like a $2 ice cream sandwich. 
And like, that was his dinner for the day, you know? And it's like, we all have these moments where we find ourselves at what we think is like the rock bottom of our lives. But there's so many lessons that you learn about who you are, about what you're capable of, about like the the limitless potential you really have when you can bounce back from those moments. And Matt, you are a shining example of what that is, man. So regardless of where the story goes from here, there are so many people who are <laughs> listening who their starting points are 100 steps ahead of yours. Mm -hmm. So there's literally zero excuse for anyone listening right now to not go out and get that first deal. And, and you, Matt, are an example of that, brother. So we, we appreciate that, man. Oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And that was episode 109 with Nick Cooley, if you want to go back and check it out. So Matt, let's kind of dive into your first investment. So you get your wife on board and kind of take us from there. Yeah. So it that also was a little bit of a process because since I was self-employed, um, you know, the way that we filed taxes uh, didn't show an incredible amount of income, right? So the first time that we tried to uh, apply for a mortgage, they were pretty much like, we can't lend you a cardboard box, you know? Um, you're not showing us anything really to work with. Uh, come back in a year. Can you give us a, a insight into what your actual financial si situation was? Like maybe from once you got out of jail and you said you could only get your, you know, the paintbrush and now to this point, what was that financial progression? Was that just from the, the business and that was from, you know, that paintbrush story to two years later? Or what was the time frame in there? So this is maybe four years later. So you've built up your business a little bit by then? Yep. Built up okay. the business a little bit. My wife was working as well. Um, and we started saving money a little bit differently uh, because we knew that we wanted to eventually get into this. Uh, so there was some discipline that got added to our, uh, to our like spending habits, you know, once we started applying, you know, and then I got the whole, you come back in a year thing. Uh, we, we got a list of where, where my credit, where the credit had to be, uh, what we would need at that time. I think we were trying to look at deals around like 250 to 300,000 and then COVID hit. And, uh, that was like, you know, that shook all of us up. Right. And it changed a lot of industries. Uh, my wife worked in student loan industry. Um, so she took like a 70% pay cut, uh, wow. got sent, um, to work remote. And we really looking back on it, we doubled down. Uh, when she took that hit with work is when, I started getting more antsy about real estate, you know. Um this was this was pre-wave uh before the market really uh, took spiked up. Um and there was a pivotal moment where my wife and I were in the kitchen and we got we we don't fight often but we got into a pretty big argument uh about which way we were going to go. You know, she was thinking you're going to spend all our money. And I was thinking this is going to uh, replace her income, you know, um, especially in short-term rental, there is, it's more work. And because of that, there, you have the potential for more reward, right? Um, it follows like the normal rules of life uh, because it is a lot more work. 
However, you can see more cash flow than, you know, your typical uh, few hundred dollar LTR kind of cash flow, you know. We did all the things we were supposed to do during that year. We went back to that same bank, which was a local bank on Cape Cod, and they denied us again. And that was a moment of like, am I going to stop here or am I going to keep going? Um, I've always been determined and I've gone through some hard times. So really anything that I go through now and I sometimes I have to remind myself this, but they're luxury problems. Like I know what a real problem is. You know, I know what real hopelessness is, you know. Uh, so one bank telling me that we're not going to lend to you is not enough for me. You know, I must have cold called like 20 to 25 uh, lenders and brokers and finally got one uh, that was... You know, I, I used to joke, I'd be like, McCarran, I found one dumb enough to, to lend to us. Um, but we found one. He was not dumb. He was great. Uh, and that's how we were able to get into financing our first deal. And then I could tell you a little bit about that first deal if you'd like. Well, first, uh, can you tell us what that conversation was like with each lender? What did you say to them? Was it, this is my situation? This is what I'm looking for? Can you kind of give us some insight in case there's somebody, you know, in a similar position that has to go and cold call 25 different lenders? Yeah. So I was not aware. This is, you know, I had been listening to some of the uh, Bigger Pockets podcasts. I've been reading. I had joined online. Um, you know, had talked. My parents were a huge support. They already owned houses on Cape Cod. Uh, they still do today. Um, and they were... They were our eyes on the ground because we were, I don't know if that phrase is right. Is it feet on the ground? I it's think it's boots feet on, on the ground, ground but boots we'll on the take ground. eyes on the ground. They're laying down yeah. and looking under the house for you. They were. They were. Oh, we, we couldn't have done it without it. We were in New York. I'm running a business here. We had two young kids. Um, and, you know, we would find something. I'd send it to my mom. She would shoot out to the house, set it up with the realtor, uh, you know, say, nope, this one's no good or this one is good. Uh, they, they've been a huge part of, of where we're at today, but yeah. So we, when I started calling, I think the, I didn't know about any of the creative stuff yet. You know, it was all conventional and I wanted to do 10% down and that was kind of the kicker. Um, that's what I kept getting pushback on, uh, was doing like a vacation home loan. Yeah. Vacation home loan. Yep. Uh, with where my credit score was, my income was, it was a tight squeeze for the price point that we were like searching for. However, uh, we did end up doing 20% down because during that time too, we, we had some time to save and, and know that, okay, we're going to need 20% for this first deal. I just want to uh, get some clarity for folks that maybe are also self-employed, Matt. Um, like what, what changes would you maybe have made um, and like how you were running the books for your business to make you more bankable in that first, you know, th that first go round. Yeah. So really it's, it's pretty cut and dry. You have to show income, you know, um, that makes you bankable. If you can show income, you know, the section 179 on a, on a, uh, business return or your, your return self-employed, uh, you do get that back. So, there are ways to kind of structure it so that your tax liability 
can come down, but your buying power can come up based on that section 179. So if you bought a car for the business, right, that you can bonus depreciate that and it goes into your section 179. um, And then the lender will give that back to you, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of like a volunteered expense. Your your burden will come down because you'll you'll pay after that car, right? However, you, from a lending standpoint, they give that back. So that's uh, something that we use today uh, when you know in any of the deals that I'm doing now. Um, but f- for the new person, like that self employed coming in, because I know you know you call the the broker, the lender, and they're like, "What do you do for work? What's your W two look like?" And you're like, oh, "I'm self employed." They're like. Ah, all right. Yeah. Um, it, it's never, it's never met with open arms, you know? Yeah. There, there's definitely more hoops to jump through when you're, when you're self employed. Sure. But sure. Matt, you, you highlighted something that's, that's the beauty of real estate investing. And obviously, you know, neither Ashley nor myself are CPA. So still go talk to like a, a CPA that can give you all the, all the nitty gritty. But, uh, one of the beauties of real estate investing is that A, the income is passive. Um, if, if you're doing like rentals, uh, and then B, you do have the ability to leverage bonus depreciation, or you can buy a, a property, do a cost segregation study, and on paper show a loss, but a good lender will still be able to go back and say, well, hey, you didn't actually lose money. This was just a, a loss you showed on paper, so we can we can add that one back in. Right, um, right. So as you start to kind of build that real estate portfolio, you get the positive tax treatment, right? But then you also get the ability to, to potentially go out and get more more loan products. Yeah, we actually did that with our farm when we built our house and got a construction loan, all the depreciation, because every time we'd buy new farm equipment, we would do the section 179 and write it off in that full year. So the the bank went ahead and added that all back in to actually find us a new income number with taking that depreciation off the table. Sorry, Matt, continue. I just wanted to to jump in and and share that. Uh, Yeah, no, that's great. And also, I just want to clarify, I'm not a CPA. <laughs> I'm very ignorant. I'm literally uh, word vomiting like stuff from my accountant coming down the line. But well, your accountant will be very proud of you. You did a very good job yeah, explaining that was it. Great, great description. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was by the skin of my teeth. But uh... so jump back into the loan. You found a lender. That was one of the reasons you were able to become bankable with putting that twenty percent down because they added back in the depreciation. So you had um, more income in their terms as to what they look for. So maybe you want to talk about how you found the property and maybe any negotiation or anything like that? Yeah. So we found the property uh, on the MLS. Um, I think, I don't quite remember if I sent it to my parents or if my parents sent it to me. There was a lot of back and forth at that time of of, uh, looking through different deals. Uh, We had a couple, we had already put a couple offers in on a couple other uh, properties that fell through. So the cool thing about this property was that it wasn't listed well, you know, and uh, and I think that that's like an undervalued thing to look for when you're doing when you're just shopping MLS because everyone's shopping MLS, right? But there is a huge variation between the skill sets of realtors, you know. There are excellent realtors that know how to list a house. They know that we live in like a social media type world and the pictures are clickbait and they have professional photography and they, you know, highlight every single good feature about that home. And then you have the exact opposite where 
the pictures are grainy and um, it's a it's the it's corner a, of the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the corner of the wall. It's a realtor that does this on the side, you know. Yeah. Um, there is something to be said about that, you know. Uh, uh, my my business partner here is actually picking up. Uh, he's set for a January closing on Cape Cod uh, on a home with that exact uh, for that exact reason. It was listed really poorly. Um, yep. not a single picture of the backyard that was beautiful, had a huge deck, uh, you know, so on and so on. You, a lot of things weren't talked about. So this house, uh, was 0.5 from the ocean, which historically 0.5, if you can walk to the, to the ocean and you're under half a mile, that's your sweet spot. Uh, you will, you will see that translate to your nightly rate. This was right at 0.5 and it was only 0.5 because of a cut through at the end of the road that it was on. None of this was listed. Uh, my my dad actually, uh, you know, Google earthed it like he, he likes to do to any property. And he was like, hey, there looks like there's a path at the end of this road. He secretly went down there and checked it out and saw that there was without letting the, the seller's agent know. But that was kind of a ball drop on on their end because it really does raise the value of these coastal homes, you know. Mm. Um, so I think the ask was three fifteen, and uh, we negotiated a little bit back and forth. We ended up um, settling on three hundred five. I did get an inspection on that. I think that might be the first and only in- inspection I got because. From then on, everything was getting waived and, you know, you had to really sweeten the pot with your offer, yeah. right? Uh, luckily, I'm in the construction industry. My father was as well. Uh, so we kind of do our own, uh, you know, just another visit and it's our own inspection. So, yeah, so 305, 20% down. It was pretty, no, like, huge hiccups except for sending documents. You know, every every deal gets a little stressful during the you know, I need this document. I need this document. Uh, some advice that I've learned with that is that I opened folders just as simply as right on here, uh, right on my phone. And I started saving files that are just for lending. So when something comes up, you know, I try to keep it up to date and put new tax returns in there and, and put new for the business. I got to always have relevant, um, profit and loss statements and balance sheets. So now I keep that kind of streamlined. But at the time, it was like, oh, my God, this is like 50 things that they need. And, and you paid real estate taxes, proof of insurance of every oh, property. Everything. Oh, my God, it gets overwhelming. And then the guy that I the, – the broker that I was using, uh, he was not the most organized. So I would send things and he'd be like, hey, uh, I, I'm waiting on these. You know, I'm waiting on your P&Ls from 2019. I'd be like, I sent you those like yeah. twice already, you know? Dude, like if with, with like the whole AI boom, we just interviewed someone earlier today that was talking about like different AI tools. Like I swear I've, I've like toyed with this idea of building some kind of like machine learning tool that makes the, the mortgage process easier. Because imagine if you could just like 
add your mortgage broker to like your QuickBooks account and then automatically all the information they needed could just get like fed into their into their thing, right? Or like yeah. if you could add them to your your bank as a user or something and all that information just gets pulled in. So yeah. anyway, yeah. someone if you're good with that and you're listening, please reach out to me so we can build this. This is yeah. like a billion dollar idea. Yeah. I just don't have the skill set to do it. Yeah, they're already building it without you, Tony. You give away the <laughs> yeah. idea. You just lost your leverage to be yeah. part yeah. owner of that company. <laughs> yep, and it's gone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll name it yeah. after you. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing I will say, uh, and I'm not trying to like uh, plug Rocket, um, they have done a good job with streamlining the application process. Uh, I've used them a few times now uh, between refinances and, and um, new notes, and they have done an excellent job at streamlining. You can link your account, your bank account. You can, or you can link it to them. Um, and they'll pull your, you know, pull all your information, at least bank wise from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it would be a great idea to, to introduce like the QuickBooks thing, because that would be sweet for guys like, you know, guys like us that have QuickBooks, you know, but this first deal, I did not use rocket and it was not very streamlined. Uh, however, you know, we were pretty dedicated to get this thing done, you know, and, uh, the excitement, the fire that was burning, like that was, that was terrifying and, uh, invigorating at the same time. So you, you picked this one up on a 20% down. So a little over 60 grand to, to get into the property. Is it, is it like turnkey ready when you purchase it? Or do you have to put some cash in to get it like guest ready? So it was, uh, 1960s hadn't been touched um, oh at all. Zero pink tile, you know, the whole, whole nine yards, but probably built it very well because it hadn't been remodeled. Since yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. It was built, it was built well. Um, and we got to it right away. Uh, so we're out in New York, like I said, so it's about four to four and a half hour drive. Um, and, uh, dedication was an understatement. You know, we, would pack up the car with little kids uh, Friday after work, drive out there Friday night, crash at my parents, uh, work there till Sunday afternoon, and drive home. And uh, it, we did that uh, months and months straight. Um, and then I'd go back to work on Monday, and uh, McCarran would would uh, go back to work as well, and with the deal with the kids. And my parents were. A huge help, especially during that first project. Um, I think they really wanted to see us succeed in this. We didn't have any financial help from them, but we did have a lot of knowledge that we got from them. And uh, my father did a you know tremendous job helping me out. My uncle Vito helped a, a ton every weekend. Every weekend. Uh, you know, we would just plug away at things. My brother came up and he would help. I don't want to like paint a picture like we just did this completely alone. You know, mm-hmm. this was, we got, we had, a, we were very fortunate to, to have help with it um, and have help with the remodel. And, you know, McCarran and I are, are always very appreciative of that. We know, and you all know, why it's super important that good tenant screening is absolutely critical to your management process. Luckily, RentReady, the comprehensive property management software, has a new feature that makes tenant screening a complete breeze. In addition to TransUnion certified tenant screening, RentReady now offers proof of income verification. 
So RentReady's automatic tenant proof of income verification ensures an in-depth check of each applicant's financial stability and earnings. With Plaid certified tenant income and asset reports, you can see a potential tenant's income summary and total earnings by month. It's time to say goodbye to that whole gut check tenant screening and feel confident renting out your property with Rent Ready. Now, Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering the six month plan for only $1. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor for six months of Rent Ready for only $1. Matt, I want to ask about your kids. Because you painted a picture kind of in the beginning of the episode that maybe at some point in your life, there was a little resentment that you had to go every single weekend with your parents away from your friends. Is there anything that you are doing different to kind of instill the the skills and the values that you appreciate and are grateful for now and kind of into your children so that they don't, you know, grow up and like feel like they missed out on weekends with their friends and things like that. So they appreciate that um, education and what they're learning now and being able to be grateful. And the reason I asked this question is because my kids, every other Saturday, they are in charge of uh, emptying the coin operated washer and dryer machines. And it is, will either go like, woohoo, we get our $10 this week or whatever, or it'll just be like, Oh, we don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm yep. just curious if you have, you know, given that some thought. Uh, nope, we do it exactly the same as it was for me. <laughs> so, I mean, there are definitely more similarities than not. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it is like unavoidable. You know, I, I, I guess I'm so grateful for it today that I'm like, it's one of those lessons to the kids where it's like okay hate me now for it mm-hmm. one day you're going to thank me you can for be it. patient yeah yes yes i can yeah. be patient um i i guess one thing that is important to me is once in a while we'll leave the kids home with grandparents and and uh just my wife and i will go or i'll take a quick trip uh myself but but i think what's really important that they don't even realize right now is that we're doing it together as a family. And I think that that has a ton of value instead of caving to the fact that, oh, we want to stay home and, and play video games and, and do this with the, with our friends. And of course there's importance to that. You know, they're both into sports. They both uh, are into baseball. Um, and we, you know, sign them up for fall and spring seasons and, uh, we still stay very involved in all that. It definitely has its place where it's really important. Uh, and so does this. You know, this uh, taught me how to, when I was growing up, it taught me how to work hard, you know, and it gave me a sense of work ethic that I carry with me today. And because of that, I don't regret it at all, you know. Um, sure, I missed out on, on a few things uh, growing up, like, uh, you know, parties and well, obviously, I still got to party. So you made up. <laughs> <laughs> I, st- I still got to party, but uh, so maybe I didn't miss that much of that. Yes. But anyway, it is. Uh, I think it is important to and then- keep them involved in it, and then also realize that they're kids and they're going to need some uh, fun tied to it. So if they yeah, help yeah. out, like last weekend, 
uh, we ended up having an estate sale at the new property because we bought it furnished. Uh, so some of the stuff was cool and we kept and a lot of it had to go. But both kids uh, helped out there. So Bentley is 11 and Trey is eight. So Bentley's getting to the age of um, I'm going to call on you for, you know, a few hours a weekend now, you know. Um, Trey, I could call on him, but I, I don't, I get half an hour. The attention span. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it's a oh, squirrel. I, I yep. am a, a seven year old. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So you understand. Yeah. Half of the, half of the laundry machine is emptied and then it's <laughs> yeah. gone. Right. It's like um, six year old that picks up the slack on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we told, uh, but we told them that they'll get a cut of the sale. Um, which is very similar to the incentives that were, you know, given to me when I was around that age. It was a cut of the sale. You know, I got cut into deals with my parents. Uh, at the end in high school, I was getting one and a half percent of sale, um, on some of the flips that they did. And, you know, I worked there after school in high school. I worked on the weekends and, you know, I, I, you got paid for it and you started to learn about what a dollar meant, you know. So this last weekend, they got, Bentley got $10 from the sale and Trey got five. And Trey was like, why does Bentley have a whole nother $5 bill? And, and we're like, because Trey, you barely did anything. We're like giving you the five bucks because we feel bad. <laughs> you really didn't do much. But, but Bentley was like, I had, to, I had to tell him to chill out because he was putting numbers on things. He was like, yeah, give me 35 bucks for that. that that'll work. And I'm like, no, dude, where, where are you getting these numbers from? He's like, oh, it looks like it's worth 35 bucks. So, yeah, that was the long answer to, to the question. I think that's a very uh, important, insightful thing to to talk about, though, is because real estate, a lot of people go into it for that financial and time freedom, and their why is to spend more time with their family. And I think incorporating your family on that journey is a great conversation to be had because a lot of real estate investors, that is true. Your kids are involved in some way of your journey, especially when you're first starting out. So Matt, let's let's circle back to the numbers here. So you you bought it for three oh five, put twenty percent down. How much ballpark do you think you spent on the renovation and the new furnishings? Uh, we spent about eighty thousand to renovate and furnish. And how did you fund that? Was it just out of pocket from additional savings you had? Or was it wrapped into the loan that you had? So we pretty much went once we closed on it. Uh, I'm going to say we had maybe. Th- 35,000 to our name at that point. And we kind of rolled the dice because we knew it was going to be like a number of months to get through the renovation. And I was just everything I was making, I was funneling it to material. Gotcha. Uh, all the work was self-performed. Um, so that was a big help, you know, between like myself and my family. Um okay. We, we self-performed all the work and we really had to, you know, uh, cut to today. It's not quite like now it's a lot of contractors, uh, just because this new project is much bigger, um, being that it's like five dwellings. So, uh, it's, it's been, it's been kind of a learning process to go from totally self-performed to now more of the management role or GC role of the projects, you know. Who doesn't love managing contractors? (laughs) (laughs) Here's another billion dollar business idea. If you were a contractor and you just pick up your phone 
billion dollars right there. Every <laughs> single real estate investor across the country is going to want to hire you if you just pick up the phone. That's it. Well, call <laughs> us at Rider Painting. We always pick up the phone. There you go. Matt, <laughs> yeah. what is the, the time frame of that rehab? Uh, so we closed in September and then we had it live uh, on on the rental platforms for April 1. Did, did you guys do a refinance afterwards or, or did you just leave the cash in the deal? What did that look like? Yeah. Yep. So we refied afterwards. Uh, uh, you know, we were past the season mark. Um, you know, what was really cool was like, you know, we put so much of our time and energy into this and then uh, we were, McCarran was making the listing, you know, she's, she manages all the short term, um, listings and she does, uh, does all the design in the homes and she does a really great job with, with all that stuff. Uh, but this was the first one, right? And she makes the listing around the way home and it had gone live. Uh, you know, it takes 24 hours, whatever it went live. And we were driving home from the Cape and it was just like, Bing, 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 going off, uh, getting all these these bookings, which yeah. I know doesn't always happen. And some of the future deals, it didn't happen like that. But it was like uh, our higher power was like saying, yeah. like, hang in there, you know, because uh, we were dead broke, you know, yeah. and and it started binging off. And we were like just like doing the happy dance in the car because uh, the the next summer was already starting to book up. Um but yeah, after it seasoned, we refied uh, the it the ARV at that time of refi was uh, five hundred thirty five thousand. Now this wasn't all just from elbow grease. During this time, we bought right before it spiked. Uh, mm. Could not have been a better time to buy. Um, so we rode the wave and we renovated. So it was kind of, we made ourselves a perfect storm Double there. whammy. Yep. Yeah. How much cash were you able to pill out of the refi, Matt? Uh, 132,000. So let me do that math really quickly. You put in about 60 to buy it, another 80, so 140, mm -hmm. pulled out 132. So you really only left about less than 10,000 bucks in this deal after the refi. Yeah, and by that point of pulling it out, we were already in the positive from the rentals. Wow. Uh, yep. Dude, so amazing. So that's, you know, it, it is a strategy that, that works really well is like the burster um, where you're, you're burring, but you're short-term renting instead of like long-term renting. Mm -hmm. But where, where a lot of folks get caught up is on that back-end refinance. Um, what kind of loan product did you use? Was it a like a, a loan product specific to Airbnbs or short-term rentals? Was it just a traditional uh, like uh, rental loan product? Like what, what loan product was it? Uh, so we refied with Rocket Mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, so those short-term loan programs are great if you can't, uh, if you don't qualify for something conventional. You are always going to jump your rate um, with those with those products, and it's great that they're out. Uh, and on this last deal, I was having a little trouble with the financing because of the. Fannie and Freddie rule of only four units, and I was uh, I was at five dwellings. Um, so I did explore some of those, and and actually almost went with uh, with one of the uh, short term um, financing options. But you're you're you do pay somewhere for it, and it's usually in rate, you know. Um, so we went with Rocket. Uh, like I had mentioned earlier, it was very streamlined. Uh, the rate was a little higher than what we could have found um, if we had keeps kept searching. What is the rate so I can hear everyone groan because I'm sure it's less than what they're getting today. <laughs> yeah, I think it is uh, 
Three, two. <laughs> Man. <laughs> oh Ew. God, I don't even want to say that out loud. Yeah. yeah. Ashley, what's your what's your lowest interest rate right now in your portfolio? Do you know? I think a three five, maybe. Yeah, mine's a, yeah. Like a two point six seven five. Oh my God, Ooh, totally yeah, got definitely not that low. Yeah. Totally That's my speak. best rate right now. Wow. That was yeah. January twenty twenty one. I think we closed. That was a that was a um, soft flex, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's everyone's lowest? Oh, mine's a two six. Well, Matt, looks like you you crushed this this rehab. Cr- you crushed the 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 burr. Um, you guys were able to to really get back pretty much all the money you put in. Um, so did you did you guys then redeploy that same capital into the next deal? Is that how you got the the five cottages? No. So we actually put that into um, another deal in South Yarmouth uh, for three eighty two, which was another uh, a small um, three one that was uh, like a five minute walk down the road. And that one's been uh, also an SCR um, and also a rehab, you know, uh, renovation inside. Same kind of story. So I won't hit you with all the details because they're very similar to the first one. Uh, And that one's been performing uh, very well as well. There is one thing that I want you to mention because I I think your mom is probably going to listen to this episode. And I did see in the show notes that she said something and I like called it out right away. I was like, that is really great. So I want to make sure that you uh, give your mom a shout out and and mention that that line that she told you. Yeah. So my mom has been a huge part of our process and um, she's always been big ever since we were little. She was always big on uh, mantras and sayings. Um, I'm embarrassed to say, but she used to make us recite this mantra every day on the way to school, us and my, my siblings. It's like an uh, affirmation. Everybody does it today. Yep. 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 I won't repeat it because it's, it was cringy, but, um, (laughs) yeah, she's, uh, she's always been, uh, great with, with sayings and mantras and, uh, she's had a few, but one of them that's always like stuck with me is to don't quit rest. Um, I think I had mentioned a few of them um, in my notes with you guys, and I'm not sure if that was the th- one. That was the one. That's the okay. Yeah, because okay. she's she's good for a bunch of them. Um, yeah. But the the don't quit rest is so applicable to like all of our lives, right? We are constantly hit with these obstacles and these hurdles that we have to get over, um, and we're always pushing to better ourselves in some way or some direction. And sometimes it feels like we're on a hamster wheel and we're not getting anywhere, right? The biggest disservice you can do to yourself is to just quit after working hard to to meet a goal, you know? When most of the time, all you need to do is rest, reset, take a breath, go, you know, take a weekend away, go, go for us, you know, New York city is really close. Go to the city and see a show for a weekend. We've, my wife and I have done it many times in, in just mayhem and chaos. And we're like this weekend, we're going to go away. Um, or this night we're going to put off some of the, the laundry list of stuff that we need to do because our lives are so busy, like so many of us, you know, um, and you just, you need that break so that you can refocus and hit it with a fresh mind. Um, and then m- so many times you're much more successful looking at it 
through different eyes like that, you know? What a way to wrap it up there, Matt. <laughs> that was great. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. I want to take us into our rookie exam. So our first question is, what is one actionable thing rookies should do after listening to this episode? I would say to just spend some time learning. I was so nervous in the beginning about how to get involved, you know? I think listening to this podcast is learning. The Rookie Podcasts in particular. Um, you know, I remember in the beginning, I used to listen to the original and I, you know, it was great. And don't get me wrong, I love it. But in the beginning, it was like, and the guy's like, and then for my 98th deal, I got this <laughs> 500 unit, you know, and I was like, what? Like, I'm just trying to figure out how to get into the first deal, you know, um, and knowledge is power, you know? And so to anybody just coming in, if you're listening to this podcast, you've already taken a major step in the journey of knowledge because I am still learning so much every day and... I continue to learn because it is powerful to have knowledge on these subjects so that you can make informed decisions, you know? Um, so I think that's what I would recommend. Keep listening to this podcast. That is, I couldn't have said it better myself, Matt. That's a, that's a great tip. All right. So question number two, man, what's one tool, software, app, or system that you use in your business? For real estate, I have PropStream. I've never acquired a deal through it, but it is an awesome program that I do use to, uh, you know, find out some information. It gives it gives some more information about about deals that you're not going to find on the MLS or uh, just you know on a Google search. And Matt, where do you plan on being in five years? So five years. My wife's going to kill me for saying this, but I would love to have... Is this another billion dollar idea you're about to give out? <laughs> oh, no, no okay. I know. I mean, uh, five years, I would love to be involved yeah. in the um, uh, in the boutique motel. Um, yeah. And so there's a lot of those on Cape Cod that are run down, and I would love to acquire one within five years and, uh, and kind of brand it um, the way that, you know... McCarran designs and how we operate. Yeah. Well, I feel like you're on your way there with the five cottages for sure. I mean, that's definitely a start to a boutique hotel for sure. So Matt, we're into the new year. What are you doing to actually set yourself up for some of those five-year goals? Yeah. So we're, Brian and I are actually in the process of uh, buying a, a new commercial building for our business. Um, and we are planning to close on January 12th. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. So that's a cool kickoff yeah. to the new year. We have some changes and um, some some different things that we're going to be doing over there. So we're excited to kind of tackle that for 24. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. We are going to link Matt's information into the show description. So whether you're on your favorite podcast platform or you're on YouTube, you can scroll down, look in the description, and we'll link everything there. Also, some of the things that Matt mentioned or Tony or I did will also be linked down in there. And of course, as always, our socials so you guys can give us a follow. Thank you so much, and we will see you guys on the next episode.
The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom. And the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. There's free resources only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.